Good morning. My name is Kurt. I'm so glad to be with you here this morning. Welcome. Welcome to Bridgewater. And as we get started, I want to ask you all a question. How many are looking forward to summer nights and campfires? <clears throat> oh yeah, quite a few, right? Imagine the warmth of the fire, roasting marshmallows, talking with friends, or maybe even just silently staring into the fire as you see the embers burn, as you hear the crackle of the fire. You begin to block out all the stressors of life. They just seem to fade away as you look into the fire and things are quiet and calm. Those are some of the joys that we can enjoy when fire is used in a proper way. But what about when fire gets out of control? and destroys communities, and destroys homes. Wildfires are uncontrolled fires that spread quickly and can destroy homes and the environment nearby. But how do these fires start? And how do they spread and become dangerous so quickly? It all starts with a spark. Lots of things can cause a spark such as a burning ember that blows away from a campfire, lightning, heat from the sun, or often, human error. In fact, most wildfires in the U.S. are sparked by human activities. If a spark happens in the presence of oxygen and fuel, such as dry grass, brush, or trees, a fire can start. And conditions in the weather and environment can cause the fire to spread quickly. Fires need a lot of fuel to grow. Unfortunately, overgrown forests and thick vegetation can fuel a fire to grow out of control. The weather can also make a fire worse. For example, drought, winds, and extreme heat can make a fire bigger, faster, and more dangerous. I watch that and I think about, um, we've had some recent warnings lately, if you haven't noticed on the Weather Channel, um, about uh, caution for fires. Um, but my, my family all lives out west, and uh, it's a normal thing for them to deal with wildfires. Oftentimes I'll hear from my mom, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a wildfire burning. We're safe. It's okay. We're all right. But th the reality is, is when a fire gets out of control, it can become very scary, and it be it could become very destructive. Last week, we spoke about the battle of the mind. And this week, we're going to discuss something that is a struggle to control, just like fire. We go to the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, who speaks of this battle um, about trying to do the right thing. Romans 7, 21 to 23, says this, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. 
but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. You see, this is often a fight with ourselves, and it's important to understand that it's a battle, and we need to declare war against the person that we don't want to be and against the person that God does not want us to be. As an application from last week's sermon was to challenge our minds, to challenge those lies that we so readily believe, because following those lies can often come a decision that we need to make to overcome negative behaviors. And today, specifically, we're going to talk about the mouth. Jesus puts it like this in Luke 6, 45. And an evil man brings evil things out of evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus is saying that the heart, in the heart, that's where the focus of our thoughts are. That's where they are central. And whatever's going on in what we're thinking is going to end up coming out regardless. It's going to come out one way or another. Let's say, for example, you have a coworker, and that coworker that morning steals your parking spot. All right? And you have to walk an extra 100 feet, and your back hurts. And so you're all upset, and you go into the office, and that morning, you're spending time over and over thinking about, oh, man, he only thinks of himself. He's such a jerk. How insensitive is he? You know, and going on and on and on in your mind about how terrible this person is. And then he comes over to your desk and says, could I borrow a stapler? And then the response is, who the heck do you think you are? You're so insensitive. You're such a jerk. You took my parking spot. Go fly a kite. All that was not some random act. Again, that was the PG version, by the way. I wasn't going to give you the, the harsh version of that this morning. Some other words might have been used. <clears throat> But this wasn't a random act. This was something that happened as a result of this person's thought process. When we go over and over in our minds about something, it's something called ruminating, all right? It's the idea of a particular set of thoughts that we continue to focus on. Another way of saying it is, our words are a window to our hearts. When we are pressed Whatever's going on in the inside is going to end up coming out. Sometimes we might say, where did that come from? That wasn't me. How did I say that? Anyone ever have that happen? Right? And, but the reality is it came from somewhere. It wasn't random. Right? So... The reality is it comes from something that stems, it could stem from something deep. It could, could come from hurt and pain that you've had in the past, or it could come from your current line of thinking that you're having right now. If we are honest, how many people have said something that they regret in the past few months? All right. 
How many of you have said something that you regret in the past couple weeks? All right. All right, here's the doozy. All right, how many of you have said something you regret in the past 24 hours? All right, all right, some, some honest people out there, all right, okay? So we're going we're gonna to take a look at what the Bible has to say about our tongues, beginning in James chapter 3 and verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The idea here is that something very small can play a huge role in control. They put the bit into the horse's mouth and the rider is then able to maneuver and control the horse in whatever direction they want the horse to go. The tongue is small, but it can wreak havoc on a person, a couple, a family, a work environment, and a church. And fire can spread very quickly, destroying all that it's in its path. But just like that video talked about how fire spreads, there's certain setting events that can make it worse and make it spread more quickly. We're going to talk a little bit about those setting events. And depending on what we do with those events can help contribute to whether or not we are having a better ability to control our tongues. The first one is place. Maybe there's a place that you should avoid. Maybe there's a place that you should be going. Maybe we should be avoiding going to the bar. Maybe we should be connecting with others at church or being more consistent in attending church. Maybe we should be attending small groups a little bit more, and connecting with, with, with people in that way. But maybe you have a job, and maybe it's a really hard job, and maybe you deal with a lot of negativity. Then maybe you need to choose to attend three or four small groups a week. <laughs> By the way, there was never any limit put on that. You're allowed to attend as many as you want. So the first one is Place. How does that affect your tongue? The next one is time. Consider the time of day. Should I be addressing something that's highly emotional with someone during a certain time of day, maybe late at night? Is there enough time to address something that you need to talk to someone about? Time, are you 
what are you doing with your time? Are you spending time in God's word? Are you committing each day to the Lord? Is the time that you are spending, is that taking you away from God? Or is it drawing you closer to him? Next, mood. Are you anxious? Are you sad? Are you confused? Maybe you don't even know how you feel. Perhaps we need to take some time and spend some time with God and collect our thoughts and try and understand what we're feeling before we speak. Moment. Is it the right moment? Will this person be ready to hear what you have to say in this moment? Should they even have to hear what you want to say in this moment? And then the next one, people. Who are you spending the most time with? Do they encourage life or do they tear you down? Are, you, are they constantly negative in their thinking or do they help you focus on what is good and excellent? For years, I have taught people anger management. And, you know, you can learn anger management skills pretty well. So much to the point where you can really have that anger under control. But the reality of the tongue is you can have that anger under control and yet still use your words to destroy. If there's evil built up in our hearts, like I said before, it's going to come out. Words can either hurt or they can build up. Continuing in James chapter 3, with verse 9, we're going to talk about how they can be for good or for evil. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The tongue could be set on fire by hell or it could be set on fire by heaven. We think of the apostle Peter who at who at one time denied Christ and denied knowing him. Then he later preached the gospel to 2,000 people who accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. When the tongue is working properly, it can be used both as a spring of life and a tree that refreshes. The next, the question that this text brings us up to today is this. Do I own my mouth or does it own me? Like the rudder of the ship or the bit in the horse's mouth, what are you allowing to direct your life? Are your words destroying your relationships? For those that know me, you know that I'm a pretty laid-back person. And in fact, you'd probably be pretty surprised if I ever got angry. Well, 
Years ago, I would get really upset. And it would typically happen because I would get really annoyed when my wife would bring up finances. When she'd want to talk about the budget, yeah, I didn't want to do that. Um, usually it was because I knew we didn't have a lot of money and I wanted to pretend everything was all right. So when she would bring, when she would bring this up, my goal of ignorant bliss was blocked. I couldn't get what I want. Then I would feel, I would say hurtful words, and then I'd feel badly later and apologize. After a while, sometimes Amanda would avoid talking to me about this particular topic. But you see, this fight started in my mind. Some of my thoughts were, I don't want to deal with the fact that I don't have enough money. I like to pretend everything's fine. Isn't life so much more peaceful when we just focus on the joys of life? Why does Amanda have to ruin this? <laughs> then the hurtful words inevitably would come out because Amanda would have no part of this fantasy world that I tried to live in. I made choices that caused conflict and hurtful words. You see, relationships are the litmus test for what's really in our hearts. Sometimes you may hear people say, I don't like people. There could be a number of reasons why people say that. Maybe it's because they've been hurt by others' words in the past and they don't want to deal with it. Or it could be that they have difficulty controlling their tongues and what happens is they end up hurting themselves and those around them. To put this in perspective, the Apostle Paul gives us this reminder. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Paul doesn't give us an excuse here. He simply just says, do not let. We have the ability to control what comes out of our mouths. So what I'd like to talk to you about this morning is a, is a technique uh, called thought stopping that's sometimes used in order to prevent negative thoughts and then words that come after negative thoughts. So one of those examples, the, the example I'm going to share with you this morning is by yelling, stop. Okay, it, it sounds a little funny to say that, but the reality is, is that yelling stop can interrupt a process, all right? Um, let me uh, give you an example, and this is not a human example, okay? This is an example of my cat, all right? So, but cats can learn too, right? So, I, just so you know, I love cats. Um... Uh, the, the therapeutic quality of animals, I think, is great. Um, and so, oftentimes, I will hug my cat. It's true, I admit it. I will hug my cat, and sometimes I, I pet the cat. And sometimes, he's, like, really annoyed, and he's, like, wants me to leave him alone, right? Um, and so, what would happen was, when I would do this, he would go and bite me. 
And, of course, I didn't like that. So I yelled at him and said, no. Right? Well, he began to learn. And it was really very interesting considering this whole thought-stopping thing. Because it was when I would pet him, he would go to bite me like he'd lean forward and then he would lick me instead. And it was almost like he was saying in his head, stop, I don't want the consequence that's going to happen if I continue what I'm doing. He hasn't bitten me since. Um, so when, you know, oftentimes with that whole, with the whole thought stopping and saying stop, I will often encourage people to say it in their head, you know, Oh, you could say it in your head. Just yell stop in your head. You, um, I will say it's not quite as effective. But also, if you yell out stop, you might get some funny looks from people that are around you. It, that happens. Um, you could also use a funny phrase. Um, I've encouraged people to use funny fr- phrases to interrupt the process. Um, one of which is somebody used was called yellow submarine. So they'd be in the midst of a conflict. They don't want to say what they you really want to say, and they say, yellow submarine, ha-ha, that's funny, and conflict, potentially diffused. Um, <laughs> all right, so you can introduce humor as a way to interrupt that process, to not say those things that you really want to say. Um, so in addition to thinking about whether or not your tongue controls you, we must challenge ourselves with the next question. Will my words build up or tear down. It's important to recognize that this is not only the fight of your life, it's the fight of everyone else's life around you. Our words mean something. And our words move us in a direction, and they move other people in a direction too. So what direction do we want to be moving? As a child, as a child is growing up, they may be told, You are a loser. You will never amount to anything. Why do you even try? Imagine what those words would do to impact that life of that child. Then another child is told, I am so proud of you. You really have a gift for this. I think you're really going to do great things for God. What a difference, right? How impactful those words are. Both those sets of words are, not only the lives of children, but certainly in our own lives as well. Like, let's say you begin to work at a job, and what seems like constructive criticism at first then turns into, can't you do anything right? You know that no one likes you. What if we stopped to challenge ourselves with what is in Ephesians 4.29? What if we decided... Are the next words that are come out of my mouth going to build up or tear down? We stopped ourselves in that moment and we said, asked ourselves that question. Is it about winning the argument or is it about building up the other person? Now, this does not mean that we don't correct others or let them know about their sin. But the way in which we do that must be loving and for the purpose of building up. So I'm going to do an example here, and I'm going to pretend like someone here has done something wrong and in the audience, 
and don't worry, I already picked him out. Um, and so we're going to pretend that he's done something wrong, and I'm going to illustrate a very poor way of confronting him, and then a much better way of confronting him. So we're going to use Doug over there. So, Doug, what the heck is wrong with you? Don't you know what you're doing is sinful? I really expect more out of you. Are you even a Christian? People. All right, and then the right way to do it. You feeling okay, Doug? You all right? Okay. All right. Doug, I know that you're a loving and kind person. But you know what? What you said to Mary was really hurtful. And it's not what we want to be doing as followers of Jesus Christ. What's going on? Okay. You see the difference in that interaction? Doug probably wanted to, to, to leave at that first interaction, right? But the second one was said in a loving and kind way and for the purpose of trying to build up. There's a song by Toby Mack called Speak Life. It's an amazing song, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm not going to sing it. Um, but you can listen to it after the service. And it goes like this. Lift your head a little higher. Spread the love like fire. Hope will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher. Use your words to inspire. Joy will fall like rain when you speak life with the things you say. I felt that that was a good summary for what we're talking about today, and you can all listen to it on the way home. Actually, it was playing after last service, so maybe we'll be playing again. <laughs> all right, so here's what I'm going to ch- challenge you with today. On your way out, you're going to be given a Lego piece. All right? And this is for a purpose. I want you to put it someplace significant, whether that's on your desk, at work, whether that's uh, in your car, whether that's on your kitchen table, but someplace where you do a lot of talking, right, to remind you that throughout this week, for one week, committing to building others up. That means no cursing, no lying, no gossip, no lies, no rudeness, no cutting comments. Instead, speak only what builds up. And you say, why a week? Well, let's start one step at a time, right? Let's start one week. Maybe we'll build to two and then to three and then becomes a habit, right? So we want to build that into our lives. Until we get to heaven, this fight will continue. And we're going to continue to fight it. But it's a fight that's about a lot more than words. It's a fight for where those words take you. And it's not just about you, but where your words take other people as well. I am so thankful for what God is continuing to do here at Bridgewater. And what I'm going to ask you as as an encouragement, um, what I love to hear is I love to hear about what God is doing in your life. So I'd encourage you that this week that either myself or Adam that you'd reach out to and say, this is what God's doing in my life. 
These are the things that I'm applying. These are the next steps that I need to take for my, for my walk with Jesus. Let us know. We want to rejoice with you as you work through walking with Jesus and taking your next steps. God is in the business of changing lives. And I'm so excited to watch it happen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for how good you are. You love us so much, and you desire for us to be close with you. I pray, God, that we would be focused, Lord, on building others up as you would have us to do. Give us the strength to do so this week. And I pray in Jesus' name.